Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel today with mock draft and a little bit of a mock draft, really a strategy type of a draft, not necessarily just going in here and just trying to mock for the sake of mocking. We do that on our Friday shows, right? Sometimes maybe with a guess, sometimes just in general, we're mocking, we do a random spot. But for this one, I want to do it for strategy purposes. We've done the first spot overall in the draft video that got a lot of positive feedback. We've done the 10th spot for like a 10 man draft. So the last spot. Now I want to do the 12th pick in a 12 man PPR format redraft style. So what does this mean? It means I get the 12th pick and then the 13th pick. You get the back-to-back, right? So there's a lot of strategy questions when you have the first pick overall. What type of a lineup do you like to build? What type of strategy do you like to implement? Now I want to take a look at that because I don't even think I've done a 12th pick, honestly, before so far this year. So now I want to look at what it looks like if you have the 12th pick in the draft. It has been something that has been requested. So I want to deliver that for all of you watching this. So if you're here, welcome, relax like you know we always do. And if you're brand new, I'm about to introduce you to sitting back, relaxing, maxing all cool. You got about 20 minutes to yourself, however long this lasts, maybe 30 minutes who knows at that point, but it's for you. Take your shoes off, relax. Some people tell me that they listen from their car sometimes on their way back from work. They can't take the shoes off where they're driving. It's a driving hazard. You got to be a good driver, but you also got to relax. So whatever it means to relax, you can't have a beverage while you're driving. Just, you know, roll back your shoulders a little bit, crack your head and let the beautiful sound of my voice and the statistics come right into your ears. Now we'll stop being weird right now, but we're going to be mock drafting for this one. So I appreciate it from the 12th spot. The biggest thing right now for you to do to support me is smash the like button and also tap the subscribe button and the notification bell, maybe smash it as well. Who knows at this point? It just really does help me if you subscribe within the video. We're growing at a really nice rate and I'm excited to see where we are within the summer. The draft guide will be releasing on June 15th. You will be able to get it for $10 and I've been spending months on it because Monkey Knife Fight is sponsoring it. So I'll get a little bit more money as a sponsor, but then it makes it so, so cheap for the consumer. It really is a win, win, win. Monkey Knife Fight gets a sign. So be on the lookout for that. June 15th, it'll be promoted on my social media channels via email, via the discord, which you can get into totally for free down below. You can also sign up for the top 25 running back rankings. That is also right down below that will allow you to be also notified when the draft guide releases. And on June 15th, every single one of my YouTube videos will have right at the top of it, pretty much the link to where you can get it for $10. So keep a close eye out for that. I'm very excited about it. It is going to be the most information that you're going to get for the cheap, cheap value of $10. So thank you so much. Everything that I do in my videos, if you enjoy that, just kind of imagine it in a nice organized and consolidated way into a nice neat draft guide for you to work through all of it. That's what I'm going to aim to deliver to you. So I've got all the settings in place. We got six bench spots, not going to do a deep bench for this specific specifically. We got the PPR format on the 12th pick. You got everything, the one flex position, three wide receivers. I think it's time to start it up. The second I hit start, the fantasy pros are going to be drafting against the expert consensus rankings. It'll automatically draft the first 11 picks based on the expert consensus rankings. I'll kind of go through those and then I'll get to make my back-to-back picks. And that's kind of the, the flow that will go through the entire draft. So let's start it up. Bang, hit the start button. So I'm on the clock right now. As you can see, the board above me, bunch of running backs went as we're used to at this point. You have seven running backs going in the first round to four receivers so far. But I'm on the clock. Uh, the running backs that I like went. Joe Mixon just went one pick before me. If you watch my content, if you know my content, in these mock drafts, I just end up with so much Joe Mixon because I value him a lot more than other people. DeAndre Hopkins goes with the 110. I'm very much against that. I have a video right now that just recently came out, a wide receiver that you want to be cautious of, and it's DeAndre Hopkins. I have him as my wide receiver six overall. He goes off the board as wide receiver four. He goes off the board to the 10th overall pick. He's going off the board right around that eighth to 10 pick in the first round. I have him as a mid second round pick right now. So I'm just never going to end up getting to him. So my options on the board right now, and I have back-to-back picks, so it doesn't really matter who I take in the first round compared to the second. Tyree Kill, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, my best wide receivers available. I don't really want a tight end. I don't want a quarterback. So I'm really looking running back. The strategy for me is to get back-to-back running backs, to get three running backs in my first four picks. And the way to do that is to go back to 
back running backs right here. So we're going to be targeting the running backs. My best available running backs on the board right now are Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, and Kenyon Drake, sort of in that order, if you will. I'm going to end up going to Miles Sanders here. It doesn't really matter because I get the back-to-back pick. So I guess technically we'll anoint Miles Sanders with the first round pick. And now it's Miles Sanders and Devontae Freeman. I'll draft Miles Sanders there and then I'm back on the clock yet again. Look, people that want to say that Miles Sanders is going to be impacted by Devontae Freeman or LaShawn McCoy, if you're watching this and they sign somebody at that point, I just chuckle at that. Devontae Freeman was one of the least efficient running backs in the league last year. He is an old man. Boston Scott was a much more efficient running back. So Devonta Freeman comes in and it means Boston Scott gets less touches or no touches at all, or really barely any touches in that backfield. Oh, please. That's not even a question. Miles Sanders rank, if anything, becomes better. He's a better pass catcher. He's a better pure runner. He's a better elusive player. At that point, Devonta Freeman comes in for the two to three to four to five at most backup, straight up backup carries that you're going to get. If anything, for me right now, these veteran running backs, everybody's all scared of them. No, I'm not scared at all. Corey Clement signs. I'm not scared at all. What 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 is this impact? He's a second round guy who just broke out the second half and really the final five to six games of last year. And now Corey Clement and Devontae Freeman are supposed to scare me away from thinking that he's not going to see a 16 to 18, pretty close to featured touch roll with elite pass catching upside, caught 50 balls, only playing 50% of the snaps last year. Yeah, it's not even close. Give me Miles Sanders. He's a borderline first round pick for me. And at the 12th pick, I end up getting to him. Now it's interesting what I can do here because my neck, my best available running back is Nick Chubb. And I think I'm leaning that way. I am concerned that Nick Chubb in those final eight games or final five games, whenever it was that he was like the RB24 when Kareem Hunt came in in PPR formats, but he did have a ton of red zone touches compared to all the other running backs who had uh, carries inside, like 40 carries inside the five yard line, inside the 10 yard line. Nick Chubb only had like four touchdowns. All those other running backs, Zeke, uh, you think of Dalvin Cook, you think of Eric Jones, they all had like 11 to 12 touchdowns. So he's definitely due to regress in that manner. But there is concerns about the pass catching role. Austin Eckler's still on the clock, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I have it ranked right now, Chubb, Eckler, and Jacobs as my best available running backs. I could go to both the sophomore running backs and Miles Sanders and Jacobs. I don't hate that. The obvious concerned with Jacobs is just what is his pass catching role going to be, but he's without question in line for probably 250 plus carries on the ground. If you can throw in there that he catches 25 to 25 balls, he's going to push 300 plus touches. Nick Chubb has the ability though, just on the ground alone to have 300 carries. I'm a little bit sketched out by Austin Eckler. Kenyon Drake, I think can push 300 to 350 touches without question. I think Chase Edmonds will be involved, but Kenyon Drake should have at some point in the season, probably early on the ability to actually handle a three down roll. This is a really tough spot. I haven't been put in this situation yet. I mean, there are wide receivers on the board, but I want back-to-back running based on the fact that I'm gonna have to wait a ton, a ton more picks until my next pick. It comes down to Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Josh Jacobs. I think I'm going to end up giving the benefit of the doubt to Nick Chubb right now. I know Kareem Hunt is there. So we get Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders to start off our draft. I do know that Kareem Hunt is there. That is a concern without question for me, uh, but I think it's just a situation where I feel comfortable enough with the overall talent of getting Nick Chubb uh, in the beginning of the second round, just on the back-to-back pick with Sanders, that the combination of Chubb and Sanders, the upside in Sanders, the stability and almost the floor of Nick Chubb with the upside of Chubb just being if he catches like 25 to 30 balls and Kareem Hunt doesn't dent it that much. I do like that a good amount. So I'm back on the clock yet again. We had our two tight ends that usually go off the board in the second to beginning of third round and Kelsey and Kittle go. I'm not interested unless it's tight end premium. Personally, we had our two quarterbacks that usually go off the board at the beginning of the third round, almost, almost point blank. Every single time Lamar is going off to start the third, he gets picked with the second pick of the third round here. Mahomes goes two picks later. So I'm never going to end up getting to them, but a lot, a lot of upside left at wide receiver, in my opinion, and some really good running backs left. It feels really good to be the 12th pick because I got my two running backs that I like, and I'm about to get a wide receiver that I like, or two wide receivers that I like, or another running back. So what I'm looking at right now here at this pick is Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor are the three best running backs on the board. And then I have Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley as top 15 wide receivers left on my board. The fact that I have stability or at least stability with Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb almost wants me to take Jonathan Taylor here with one of these picks. I do think that I'm going to end up taking one of Robert Woods or Calvin Ridley with this third pick. And then I think I might take 
Jonathan Taylor over Le'Veon Bell and Chris Carson, shoot for that upside with my fourth pick, the first pick of the fourth round, or I can get both Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley, two guys that I'm personally high on. A guy that went early, and I think it's fine, was Adam Thielen. He went off the board before guys like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Mike Evans. Like That's really early. I have Adam Thielen as my 13th ranked. I've seen people putting him inside their top eight. I don't hate it. Like Honestly, really, after the top five or six wide receivers, you can tell me that anybody is your seventh guy, and I'd be like, okay, that guy sounds pretty good. Oh, you want to put Odell there? That sounds pretty good. You want to put Juju there? Yeah, I see why. Right? You want to put DJ more. Yeah, I see why all these guys can be a top 10 wide receiver to you. It pretty much just becomes a hodgepodge of like ranks seven through honestly, like 22 or 24 at that point. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go ahead and it's an interesting spot because there's so much upside. I'm going to get Jonathan Taylor with one of these two picks. The difficult point then becomes Robert Woods or Calvin Ridley. I know a ton of people are hyped up on Calvin Ridley. I'm personally going to end up going to Robert Woods here. So I go to Robert Woods. I get my first receiver right there. And then I think I'm going to go right back to Jonathan Taylor. I'm, I'm choosing him over David Montgomery. David Johnson, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell. I'm even choosing him over Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs at this point. I think that's where I want to go. I do not have any faith that he'll make it all the way back around to the 5-12 at this point. And I do think a month into the season, yeah, I don't have to start him at running back. I have Sanders, I have Nick Chubb, but a month into the season, I can start all three of these running backs as tier one options uh, and eight, maybe even sooner than that. So Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to take here to start the fourth round off. And I feel pretty good about that one. Yes, Marlon Mack could be completely involved in that pick and absolutely crash me. And I think that's a difficult spot. I really haven't had to choose from the 12th round. So far. So seeing that I have to choose between Calvin Ridley, Amari, Jonathan Taylor, or Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, I want my three running backs early. Honestly, you can even get four running backs early. So I feel okay about that one. So we're back around to the 5-12 and I, I almost feel really confident about what my next pick is going to be. I thought Le'Veon Bell might fall. He fell to the 5-07, like five picks before me. He goes all the way down. DK Metcalf gets taken two picks before me. I just selected DK Metcalf in the Awesome Dynasty League, the startup league with my fourth pick midway through the fourth round, 14-man league. I feel really good about that. But the way that I'm looking at the board right now, now, tight ends came off the board a little bit more. Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz in that fourth round. I'm still going to wait. The third quarterback comes off the board in the fifth round. The 5'11 with Dak seems a little bit later than usual. Again, these are the expert consensus rankings. So you're going to see a little bit more professional based drafting. A run of wide receivers to start the fifth round with Devontae Parker, Tyler Lockett, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton was not really high on any of those guys personally. But the way that my overall board plays out, there's a pretty clear, obvious choice for me right now at this pick at running back. And I already have three running backs, but it's probably going to be David Montgomery here. David Montgomery is my 22nd ranked overall running back. After that, Mark Ingram and Cam Akers and Darius Geis are outside my top 25 right now. But all the wide receivers that are left, my best availables are Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, Debo Samuel. I don't really love any of those guys. Now I do have back-to-back picks here. So I'm going to go with David Montgomery and I'm just loaded, right? I have four running backs. I don't even have to take another one, honestly, until maybe the last round or not at all at this point when there's only six bench spots. These four running backs, I'm going to take David Montgomery here because he's just that good. He's that great on my board. He finished as a top 24, top 25 running back last year, right around that top 25 mark and that was with him putting up almost 1100 yards possible worst situation he could have been in and on the offensive line isn't that great improved Kyle Long retires maybe better offense just in general with regression and hopefully hopefully you would imagine a better offense coming in with Nick Foles now likely to be on their center so we'll see what ends up happening there but yeah it's an interesting start this is a start that I like though getting running backs early workhorse backs early right Jonathan Taylor I'm profiling out to be that way pretty soon Nick Chubb is a workhorse back Miles Sanders I'm expecting 16 to 18 such as a game and David Montgomery without question seems to be a workhorse back at this point so now as we sit here at the end of the fifth round, it's a situation where, yeah, I have a ton of opportunity. I don't want to take a quarterback until like round nine or 10 at the earliest, a tight end I can take around that window. So it's a time to mount up wide receivers. Three picks in a row are likely going to be wide receivers unless something stands out in a massive way. So let's see what's left on the clock at the wide receiver spot. You have Jarvis Landry, who's my best available, Will Fuller and Debo, Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks. Those five are like my best available guys yet. And then it comes to Deontay Johnson, who's my 34th ranked guy. And then a nice range of Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones. I like all those guys as well. So the way that I'm looking at this right now is I have Robert 
Robert Woods is my wide receiver one. I'm pretty high on Odell this year. So I kind of want to skip out on Jarvis Landry. And I think I'll take Will Fuller as my wide receiver two over Debo over Edelman at this point right now. So the one thing that's going through my mind and that I'm thinking as it auto picks the rest and we'll go through it is uh, the Jonathan Taylor pick. If I knew I could have gotten David Montgomery in the fifth round at the Jonathan Taylor pick, I'd probably go Calvin Ridley because my start being Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, and David Montgomery, and then Will Fuller. That's a more wholesome team in my opinion, but I don't think by any means this is a bad team getting Jonathan Taylor instead of Calvin Ridley at that pick. And it's all hindsight, right? In my opinion, I thought Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, I thought all those names would be off the board. And then I'm sitting with the team of Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, and insert X running back here, uh, maybe a Kareem Hunt, whatever that is. And I don't feel as good about that one. So it's not a total regret for me. It's obviously just hindsight. I had 2020 vision, right? That I had no idea if Jonathan Taylor or, or David Montgomery would still be on the clock. Odds are more, more times than not, they wouldn't be at that 512 pick. So I think we got a little bit lucky taking David Johnson there. And it was just a pick to take the best available player in my opinion. Man, this last time around, a lot of guys just went off the board. So you can see like my team's like almost right behind my head at this point. But a lot of guys that I wanted went off the board. You see Brandon Cooks go off the board at the 704. You see Kyler Murray drop to the seventh round. Like if I knew that, I would have taken it maybe at the 601. But seventh round for him, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. So a couple more quarterbacks taken there. But a lot of guys that I had interest in. Michael Gallup goes with the last pick in the sixth round. You have Brandon Cooks going in the seventh round. You have Marvin Jones going about three or four picks before me. And Christian Kirk goes one pick before me as well, guys that I like. So right here at the 712, it's honestly, it may be a no-brainer for me at this point. I'm going to take Deontay Johnson here. I need another receiver. So now I have four running backs and three receivers. He was my best available wide receiver as my 34th ranked wide receiver on the board. Some guys that are still on the board at running back, top 30 options for me in Cam Akers, Darius Geis, James White, Matt Breida. Like Cam Akers is still on the board. So this is surprising to me, but I do not need to get another running back here. I need another receiver. My best available receiver is Jamison Crowder, but you know what you're getting out of him. You're not getting a ceiling. You're not getting upside. You're getting safety and security. And right now, the way that my lineup plays out, I have security in Robert Woods, but I don't have as much security when it comes to Will Fuller because of the health. What's it going to look like with Brandon Cooks out there? Will Will Fuller take a step forward if he's healthy? Deontay Johnson, I like the upside in him, but he could very easily just not hit that upside and could be overdrafted and be the bust for a lot of people. So the way that I look about at it is Crowder could add some stability to my lineup. There's guys like Anthony Miller, Preston Williams that maybe I can get the next time around one of those guys. So I think I'm going to end up adding Crowder here in the eighth round as a stability piece to go hand in hand with the upside that I drafted in Will Fuller and Deontay Johnson. So Crowder, I'm going to take in the eighth round. We now have four running backs and four receivers through eight rounds. We got to start looking at tight end. We got to start looking at quarterback, but I'm still fine taking the best available at the ninth pick because I have back-to-back picks, best available at running back and receiver. Let's see what we have on the table. So we're back at my pick, the last pick in the ninth round, and now the first pick of the 10th round. And so many running backs and receivers went. Every single pick in the ninth round has been a running back or receiver. Not really any that I wanted. Like Anthony Miller went, but he went in the eighth round. I didn't think he'd make it back to me. But my best available receiver is by a pretty wide margin right now. Preston Williams, 42 overall. My best available running backs, Carrion Johnson and Jordan Howard. So very happy that I got running backs early. I don't feel like I have to touch those anymore. Some quarterbacks went off the board that I had interest in. Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. So some best available quarterbacks. I think I might take one here. Tom Brady, Matt Stafford. I think with the first pick in the 10th round, I'll take a quarterback. There's still a decent amount of tight ends left on the board. I do fear that that tight end run is coming, but I think I can make it. I'm going to take Preston Williams, get my fifth receiver here. Since we went so early with running backs, four out of our first five picks, get a lot of volume at wide receiver. Preston Williams is my best available. I also see a guy that I have interest in. So Preston Williams goes, I have interest in McCole Hardman as well. That's another upside guy. A lot of my receivers though, a little bit sketchy, right? Will Fuller. I wouldn't say sketchy, but not as stability when it comes to floor. You're shooting for upside in Will Fuller, Deontay Johnson, and Preston Williams with a little bit more uncertainty. Whereas Robert Woods and Crowder, you could feel good about. If I take McCole Hardman here, I might 
might be able to get him in the next round. I don't think that I will, uh, but there's also a chance that all the quarterbacks go, right? If, if another three quarterbacks go in Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Aaron Jones, now I'm in a situation where I'm starting to take quarterbacks that, sure, I feel okay about them, but not as solid. So I'm going to take Matt Stafford here over Tom Brady, uh, over Aaron Rodgers at this point. So let's go to Matt Stafford. I have him ranked as my quarterback 12. I actually have Brady as my quarterback 10, but when it comes to drafts, like, yes, you can draft based off of rankings and projections, but you also have to draft based off of the team that you have. I have a little bit of unstable wide receiver play, very stable when it comes to running back play, in my opinion, or at least solid running backs. Uh, And then when it comes to quarterback, I want some stability there since my receivers aren't as stable. So I go Matt Stafford there. So my ninth pick was Preston Williams. My 10th pick was Matt Stafford. Now let's look at what the clock and what the round actually did as we approach my 11th and 12th picks of the draft. Man, oh man. So we're back around to my 11th pick and then the first pick of the 12th round. And Miko Hardman almost made it back to me. He was about four picks away. But the big one that just went in the 11th round, Hayden Hurst, two picks before me. I still need a tight end. Hayden Hurst was the guy that I was watching for so long. I thought he would make it back to me and he just doesn't. He goes two picks before. So I'm going to snag a tight end here. I have back-to-back picks. My best available tight end left right now. If I look at it, Mike Gusecki, 12th overall. He's the best available on the clock. He's actually ranked 12th overall, according to these expert consensus rankings. So I'll take Mike Gusecki here in the 11th round, former Penn Stater, Broke out down the stretch without Preston Williams last year and with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So a little bit of uncertainty there if Tua plays and if Preston Williams comes back and is good. The way that I look at it is I now have Gusecki and now Preston Williams. So one of them will likely be good based on the splits, if not both talented younger players. So we get Mike Gusecki there. I have one quarterback, one tight end, five receivers and four running backs. I think I'm just going to go back right back to the well with wide receiver here because my best available running backs, there's not a lot of running backs left. Like let's look at the running backs that are left right now. Tony Pollard, Zach Moss, Latavius Murray, Anthony McFarland, a bunch of backups at this point. I think Latavius Murray is an actually nice running back to have as a backup because he'll probably be good for like two to three weeks. He'll have double digit fantasy points, even with Kamara in there just because of his touchdown upside. And he's a good player. And if Kamara gets banged up like last year, he automatically becomes an RB1 for that week. So I could go back to Latavius Murray here, but I'm looking at a guy, Nikhil Harry. His name does stand out to me. Michael Pittman stands out to me as well. I think Michael Pittman's one of the best sleepers in all drafts. He's not even getting drafted at this point. They've already said they want to make him the X wide receiver for Philip Rivers, which is like the Vincent Jackson role when he was with the Chargers, Philip Rivers. So I like that a good amount. Former USC kid drafted the rookie this year, Michael Pittman, early in the second round. I believe the second overall pick in the second round. So I'm looking at Nikhil Harry. I'm looking at Michael Pittman. I don't think Nikhil Harry will be there on the term. I think Michael Pittman uh, might be there. I have Nikhil Harry ranked as my 52nd wide receiver. I have Michael Pittman as my 63rd, but Michael Pittman, by the time the draft guide releases on June 15th, be sure to watch that. Be sure to check out and look out for that in the description and smash the like and subscribe button right now. Big old one just popped up on the screen, but I think there's a chance Michael Pittman comes back around. If he doesn't, then we miss out on him and that stinks. But Nikhil Harry, former first round pick, a lot of people are down on him. I'm going to pick another wide receiver here because we already have four running backs. Nikhil Harry is going to be my pick. He's my best available left. We get him and then we go to our final two picks of the draft. Maybe I get a backup quarterback. Probably won't get a backup tight end. I feel good about Gasecki. Or maybe I'll get the backup tight end and then no backup quarterback. We could just play the waiver wire game since this is a short bench league. All right. So we're at the final pick, my pick, the final pick of the 13th round. And then the last round for this draft, just a short round. It's for the mock draft purposes, only 14 rounds. So you don't get as much of a deep bench, but then we'll have overall the 1401 pick for myself. So there's a, there's a, obvious pick left on the board for me, in my opinion. And it's Curtis Samuel. He's my 57th ranked wide receiver. The fact that he's here at the end of the 13th round, this is a guy who I think, and he's, wow, it's funny. He's my 57th ranked and he's also their 57th ranked. So that's funny. The consensus ranking line him up there, but it's just, it's just crazy that he's still on the board, in my opinion. Like, I think there is just a huge drop off between him and some of the other receivers that have been drafted. I don't love Curtis Samuel, but just based on the value, there's no running backs left, right? Anthony McFarlane, I was looking at, you can go to a rookie in Joshua Keller or Darrington Evington for the upside or Justin Jackson, the other running back in 
in that Joshua Kelly backfield, but nothing else is really on the clock. So I think I'm just going to come out of the draft with my four running backs. I feel good about all of them. At some point in the season, I can just pick one up. I don't think I need to draft another quarterback because although there's a lot of good quarterbacks left, that's just a situation where I can go to the waiver wire, like Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Joe Burrow, Big Ben, all these guys, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Terry Bridgewater. There's so many guys left. I'm just going to draft one quarterback in this draft. If this was a real draft and not a mock, I'd just pick a guy up when I needed to at that point. I feel good about Matthew Stafford. So we have two picks left. One's going to be a tight end because I see who I like. And then one will be the best available between wide receiver and running back. And I think I've already hinted at that. So with the 13th round, some other wide receivers left on the board. This is the only thing that's interesting to me. Michael Pittman is still available. And also I can go back to back receivers and just take Curtis Samuel and Michael Pittman. And then I can just end up not going back up tight end. But Chris Herndon is still on there for tight ends. If this was a 15 round draft, it'd be really easy. I go Chris Herndon, I go Curtis Samuel, and then I end up getting Michael Pittman later on. But just since I know I want to take Chris Herndon, I'm going to go and I'm going to get Chris Herndon here because I really do think he has top eight tight end upside in this offense if he could just not get suspended and stay healthy. So we have one pick left in the draft. And boy, oh boy, if you're still watching, let me know what would you do, Curtis Samuel or Michael Pittman. I think I'm going to get the rookie fever here. I think I'm going to go get me some Michael Pittman because look, honestly, this is the thing that stands out. You can just not draft him, but if he goes off week one, he's going to have a ton of waiver requests. Whereas Curtis Samuel, if he goes off week one, I don't feel as bad about it because it's like, eh, okay, whatever. But if you miss the diamond in the rough in Michael Pittman, I have all these late round wide receivers. So we're going to draft Michael Pittman. Screw it. We're going to go wide receiver there. So I go Michael Pittman over Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel somehow still stayed on the clock until uh, the last pick. Look at this. So two picks after me goes Curtis Samuel. If you can kind of see right here, you can't by my shoulder, but uh, that's crazy. Let's look at my team overall as we do a review. Thanks for tuning in, by the way. We'll, we'll do a little bit of review of the team. Let me know what you think. If this was a 16 round draft, I would have went Curtis Samuel there and then hoped Michael Pittman made it back to me. And then probably snatched a backup quarterback or maybe even just a later round running back like a Joshua Kelly, some rookie that might have some upside. So overall here, I think that I went with three, four, five, six, seven, eight wide receivers. Is that right? I have an issue. I have an addiction. If you watched, I have an addiction with drafting wide receivers. They're just so much better than the late round running backs that it's not even close. I think I only drafted seven. So it's not that bad. Seven wide receivers, four running backs, two tight ends and a quarterback, 14 rounds. I feel good about that. Matt Stafford is a quarterback one to me. He's my 12th ranked overall. So right there, a borderline quarterback one. That's solid. I get my first two picks in Sanders and Chubb and I like that. My next two picks for Robert Woods. And then we took the, the, the little bit of a reach, not really fourth round for Jonathan Taylor, not a reach at all. It's just because he was the first pick of the fourth round. But then we come back around and it's hard not to take David Montgomery. Yes, I already have three running backs, but when David Montgomery is by far the best available player left on the board, why not load up on another running back? So I take David Montgomery there. I take Will Fuller as my wide receiver too. Comes back around to us and Deontay Johnson's still sitting on the clock. So I snag Deontay Johnson. I snag Crowder. Start to load up on those mid-range wide receivers by also getting Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry. We finally take our quarterback later on in the draft, like we talked about in Matt Stafford. We finally take our tight end in Mike Gusecki and Chris Herndon, which I think is a really good combo for some young players. And look at this draft. I just realized I got a 68 out of hundred, a D plus. The last time that we did this, I ended up getting like an A minus. Screw that D plus grade. I don't know what that's all about. I assume it's it's based on my starting wide receivers being Robert Woods, Will Fuller, and some mixture of Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, and Jamison Crowder. I understand that. Like if I probably would have went with Calvin Ridley over, uh, we talked about earlier, Calvin Ridley over Jonathan Taylor, and then I would have actually gotten back to having David Montgomery, which I don't know if that would have been the case anyways, but if that would have happened yet again, then yeah, I feel pretty good about saying that my starters are Stafford, Sanders, Chubb, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, and then just insert Will Fuller or Deontay Johnson with my flex being David Montgomery, right? At that point, I understand this, this draft grade, this automated draft grade, some bogus probably would end up giving me like a, a B plus or an A at that point. But yeah, I, I like this team overall. I like the upside of the team. And that's what we're shooting for here. We have some stability when it comes to Stafford, Sanders, Chubb, Robert Woods. And then it's a lot, a lot of upside. Like David Montgomery's in between upside and stability, in my opinion. Crowder is stable, in my opinion. But then you have a ton of upside between I'm shooting
shooting for the upside in Harry, Preston Williams, Herndon, Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Mike Gusecki, Deontay Johnson, Will Fuller to an extent. So a lot of upside on this team, but I think somebody's going to come through. And it's not like I'm choosing guys that I just don't think have, uh, I'm just saying, oh, they have upside, but like realistic upside is not there. I think all these guys that I drafted have realistic upside. Nikhil Harry, former first round pick. Preston Williams was one of the most efficient and effective wide receivers for the first eight weeks last year as a rookie. Deontay Johnson was the Steelers wide receiver one last year as a rookie with terrible quarterbacks, right? Uh, Barely ahead of Juju, who I know it's a little bit of hyperbole with Juju suffering from some injuries. But yeah, I think there's a lot of upside here in these guys. The D plus grade, I totally disagree with it. I would have actually given this draft if I'm being non-biased, like a B or a B minus, because I do think I don't have enough stable pieces, if you will, that Calvin Ridley over Jonathan Taylor. Let me know what you think about that. That was the pivotal point in this draft, in my opinion. If It looks worse now that David Montgomery was still available, but you have to keep in mind, if Montgomery wasn't available, it probably looks a lot better. The fact that I got Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round. So thank you for tuning in. I'm going to put this video up as soon as possible. Please do, if you enjoy this content, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. I really do appreciate it. Get the top 25 running back rankings down below and keep a close eye out for it. June 15th in the description, there'll be a link to it, but also on all my other social platforms, every other video, June 15th, the Supreme Draft Guide releases. I cannot wait for you to see it. You can get it for a measly 10 bucks. Get into the community discord down below. I'll see y'all in the next video. Stay safe out there, everybody, and peace out, gang.